everybody and welcome back to another episode of Muddling Through. We hope you guys are all well. It's a horridious day here with the rain. Sorry, did you just say horridious? <laughs> no. It's from Wild Child actually. Horridious. It's meant to be like hideous and horrible. I've never thought about it, but yeah, probably. Horridious. Horridious cow is what? the line in the film. Okay, if anybody else has ever heard of that, then um, <laughs> please inform me because I have never heard this weird word before. I think I'm going to have to put that in a poll on the Instagram. <laughs> okay, well, it's been a really rainy day today, but we are together in Dundee. We've had a really nice day out. We went for lunch. Charlotte's actually never seen Broughty Ferry before, which is mad, seeing as she's been here about 27 times. So we went through, we went for lunch, had a wee walk about, and it was really nice. And how's your week been, Charlotte? My week has been good. I finished my internship this week, so happy days. I've got three weeks off before I start my big girl job, and I'm super buzzing to actually just really chill out, but I do wish it was a little bit sunnier so I could chill in the garden. Pros and cons. Pros and cons. And me, I actually also started... Um, yeah, Rudy didn't ask me, but that's fine. Um, I actually started a new job this week um, in a bar. I decided that the call centre life was not for me. So I left it because why do something that you hate, you know? Um, so yeah, I think that's all the news that we have. And today's episode is muddling through life lessons with our moms. Yes, so for the first time in Milling Through History, we are going to have two guests on today, Antonia's mum, Mary, and my mum, Eloise, and we're going to be asking them a series of questions about love and friendship and some job stuff as well, and we just thought it'd be nice for you guys to get a little bit of wiser advice. Obviously, me and Antonia are really, obviously, very wise. So wise. So wise. But, yeah, we just thought it'd be better to get someone a bit more experienced on the podcast and hopefully give some good life advice. So, we are really excited to get started. So, first of all, we have my mum, Eloise. Mum, do you want to say hey to everybody? Hello, everybody. This is, this is Charlotte's mum. Welcome to Muddling Through. <laughs> Woohoo! <It's Charlotte's> <laughs> She always teases me for going woohoo at the end of every podcast episode and I think she's been buzzing to do that for for ages. So are you happy you got to do that now, Mum? Absolutely. Made my day. Made your day. Well, you're very glad to be on the podcast with us today and we're going to first start off with some questions about you so that our fans and our followers will get to know you a little bit better and then we're going to plough in with some advice questions. So Antonia's going to ask you the first question actually. Hello Eloise, hello, thank you for coming on. Um, Yeah, so some questions about you. So the first one is, when you were younger, what did you want to be when you grew up? Okay, so I always wanted to be something sort of healthcare based. When I was wee, I always thought I would probably be a nurse or something like that. And I loved having my little dressing up kit with my nurse's costume. And my stethoscope, and I used to practice being a nurse behind the sofa with the wee boy from across the road. (laughs) And I got caught too many times by my mum. I didn't end up being a nurse. (laughs) I ended up actually being a therapy radiographer. So I did do something in the the healthcare line in a hospital in the end, yes. (laughs) That's so funny, I love that. Well, at least you were in the same line as what you wanted to be in. I thought you were going to come up with something really rogue, like an astronaut or something. So I'm actually quite impressed that you kind of went down the line that you wanted to and the next question is what did you get in trouble for the most when you were growing up now I'm quite interested in this because I want to see if you got into trouble as the same things that I used to get into trouble for I'm sure it actually probably was so I think I didn't really concentrate enough in class because I was so busy 
talking all the time. Um, so it was mainly always getting told off for being too noisy or a wee bit immature and giggling or actually sometimes uh, cheating in tests quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I had book open in my school bag down at my feet and I used to always glance down <laughs> and write the words. Uh, from totally cheating actually I always cheated in my French vocabulary test and I ended up getting detention and having to rewrite the whole vocab book out 10 times oh, oh my god, god. Yeah. did you ever do that no I never did that but can I actually just say in my French exam in fourth year I don't know why you know you used to have to do like the close readings and you used to have to be able to write a passage in French yeah I didn't learn mine and I wrote my whole thing out of the dictionary like I oh went to the beach and just used all the words from the dictionary. And that doesn't, you can't I, do that. You can't do that. It makes no sense. And I got a big fat D and I was in loads of trouble for my French teacher and it was really embarrassing. So, so French speaking does not run in the family. I exactly the same in higher French. And I, wrote, I actually wrote half of my essay in the back of my dictionary and copied it out and got a D. Yeah. <laughs> and even still. <laughs> it's clearly rubbish to we're begin the, with. We're the D class dempsters. <laughs> no, A class, first class. <laughs> okay, so the next question is what has been your favourite age and why? Okay, so it's probably naughty again, unfortunately. So I think probably age sort of 14, 15 was probably the most exciting age. So young, free. We used to go to this club called Buster Brown's. How exciting. No, it was like under 18s. And we used to go every Friday and every Saturday night and hang out with our school friends and kiss lots of boys. (laughs) (laughs) Take drinks in. And we were just quite naughty, but it was like this young, carefree age of just so silly nonsense shenanigans no worries ridiculous fashion yeah and just experimenting with new clothes different looks and stuff like that it was just quite it was good fun wild i love that i would have loved to see some of your outfit choices some photos of that maybe oh, we can no, you whip would. some out Antonio, one of them was like one charlotte saw the photo recently one of them was so this goth outfit and it was <laughs> awful it was like this big long black skirt and it wasn't long enough so i used to wear it on my hips <laughs> It was. It was really, really bad. Like I saw it and I was like, what on earth is this weird outfit? I think it only lasted for like two weeks that phase. It wasn't too long, so it was it was alright. You've got to experiment, you know. So now we want to ask you a few questions about your friendships. Honestly, mum has like 101,000 friends. I don't know how you keep up. She's like you, Antonia. I was about to say she's like you. No, she's like you. Oh my gosh, we're all so popular. (laughs) So popular. All have so many friends, honestly. But um, yeah, me and Antonia always say to each other, friends should be like radiators, not drains. So you don't want your friends to you know kind of drain the life out of you um no i'm joking <laughs> not to be dramatic not not to be dramatic but have you ever had friendships that have been draining and how did you deal with them uh, that's quite a hard question I, I don't really have very many friends that are a drain that's why they're my friends <laughs> uh, obviously but you're right i do have a lot of friends really value my friendships and I really work very very hard at them so I haven't got very many bad friendships if that makes any sense but there was an occasion once where there was quite a lot of miscommunication with a really really good friend and I was feeling slightly and I didn't realize they were feeling slightly as well that friendship was quite one-sided and I was feeling it was quite one-sided and I was the one that was making most of the effort and doing a lot of the communicating and 
was feeling like they weren't and then it sort of all came to a head and we didn't speak to each other for nearly two years and I was really really upset and really hurt and I didn't understand and I kept trying to fix it and trying to fix it and the person in question was very much like not interested mm-hmm. in fixing it and that really got me I don't like bad feeling I also like thinking people don't like me um, and I really struggled with the whole thing and another friend got involved and spoke to the person and said like you know this is ridiculous. You guys have been friends for such a long time. You need to try and fix this. And actually, we have tried really hard to fix it. And we have fixed it, but it's not the same as it was. And I don't think it ever will be the same as it was. And I don't actually expect it to be now. So much water under the bridge with the whole situation that it's quite hard. So how have you learned to kind of accept that that friendship's different to how it used to be? It's taken a long time, actually, and it was really hard because there was so much history and, like, honestly thought we were quite unbreakable as friends. And then I didn't realise. I suppose it felt like a breakup. I feel like, well, me and Charlotte are definitely the same. We hate thinking that somebody maybe doesn't like us. And I think for me, sometimes it's hard to tell whether I'm really upset about losing that friendship or I'm upset knowing that it's almost like a failure, but it's not. I kind of feel like I've failed in that friendship if it's not working, but really, I don't know, maybe you're just different and it's time to kind of move on and it's not personal. Yeah, I think I think for me the hardest thing was thinking that that was it and it was over and it was ended for good. Mm-hmm. And I, just, I actually couldn't accept that. So now I have accepted that we're back being friends, we're not the same as we were, and I don't really want it to be the same because I don't want to get hurt like that again either, which probably is quite selfish of me, but I just think, yeah, I, it's, it's just a, it's a tricky a tricky one, but I don't tend to have bad friendships. Yeah, I think that's almost the best outcome that now you guys are in a place where you are friends, you're just not as close as you were that's kind of like the best outcome and now you can kind of move into your own circles yeah and I think the main thing I learned from it was communication and honestly I think the two of us weren't communicating properly about how we weren't honest with each other about how we were feeling and and I think we were drifting further and further apart but not realizing that was what was happening because we just weren't communicating properly and then I think there was just a build-up of resentment because of that yeah so much always comes down to lack of communication doesn't it completely um, so moving on from that, I know that you've stayed in Edinburgh and some of your friends have moved away. Um, for long distance friendships, what would be your top tips for maintaining those? Well, it's the same, I think, with long distance relationships. It's all about the communication. So one of my best friends in the whole world moved to um, Abu Dhabi. She's been back and forth a few times, actually. Like she's lived there, then she's lived here, then she's lived back there, then she's lived here, then she's lived back there. But we were friends since nursery, basically. And it was really hard when she moved over there. And I was really upset. Like, I, every time she left, I'd cry. <sighs> and, like, it was really, really bad. It was awful. Um, but we make sure we Zoom each other once or twice a week. So, yeah, I think the main thing was just to keep in touch. Um, not only did we, like, Zoom each other and chat a lot. But luckily, we've got that, actually. But also, um, just, like, general texting, sending silly photos of what you're up to and just making the other person still very much part of your life. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing. It's almost like the small things that you miss, like little funny things or small talk or, like, what have you been up to rather than trying to have a huge catch-up all at once. It's, like, keeping them involved in almost the mundane parts, which makes it feel more like normal yeah I sometimes find really long texts to be a bit draining like I really like it when somebody sends me like all this stuff about what they're up to but I would actually prefer if somebody sent me a picture of their breakfast and we're like I'm having porridge this morning (laughs) yeah I know what you mean yeah but I think also as I was saying with the whole texting and things it's weird so I sort of treated her like she was still here so like 
like I would text you, Charlotte, I would text her, like, sometimes, not like a massive big text, like you're saying, still sometimes just, like, one line or two lines of, hey, how are you doing today? I didn't have to do a big rambling. How is Cara? How is Mimi? What's happening with Alexander Bullock? Because I would know the main gist. It's the same with my sister. I know she's not my friend, she's my sister, but she's my sister and my friend. <laughs> but she, she was, she's lived abroad now for four years, and it's the same. Like, we speak every second day, at least. Still just catch up. I think it's just, it's just keeping all the lines of communication open. It's always about the communication. Communication is key. Speaking of communication and other relationships, we're now going to ask you some relationship questions, Mom. Dad's going to get involved. Have fun. Um, yeah, so the first question is, what do you think is the most important quality in a partner? Am I allowed to say two qualities? Yeah, you can say two if you want. But I think the first most important quality is kindness. So I think that is my number one. And then the other one is loyalty. Because if you've got both of those, then I think you're sorted for life, really, to be honest. And you know what Dad's like. He's so kind. He'd do anything for anybody. Oh, <laughs> That's so nice. They're the most important ones, yeah. <laughs> yeah, do you know what that answer's reminding me of, though? Yeah. Love Island a couple of years ago when Georgia kept going, I'm loyal, babe. I'm loyal. Oh, no, please compare me to Love Island. <laughs> Mum, come on, you love Love Island. Don't ruin it for Antonia because she's behind, but you've loved Love Island this year. Well, I have this year, yes. But I also have more to talk about on relationships rather than Love Island. I think the other thing that's really important, apart from kindness and loyalty, is the word, again, communication. (laughs) So I think, you know, if you talk about things openly and honestly, then... You don't have any built-up resentments because you're constantly knowing exactly how each other's feeling. So it's all like communicate, communicate, communicate. And also, if you help each other out, you know, if you if you see someone struggling or stuck with something or having a bad day, like just be kind, help them out. It makes such a big difference. You know, if Ross brings me a cup of tea in the morning if I've had a bad sleep, it just makes such a difference to the whole day. Yeah, because. Basically, marriage is like teamwork, isn't it? So helping, communication, all that. Absolutely. The other thing, um, which is quite important, is arguments and arguing. (laughs) And that is the form of communication. And it's quite normal. And parents argue. And I remember going on a night out when I worked at the Western. And there was a lady that worked there. And I'd had a big row with Ross before the night out. And I came in. I was like, raging. I was late. I think he dropped me off at the wrong place or something. Um, He kindly dropped me off. But he dropped me off at the wrong place. And I went in. And I went, and I've just had an argument with Ross. And this woman said, quite like she was quite snooty and like quite up herself. And she said, I never argue with my husband. I can't believe you argue with Ross. And, blah, and on she went. And she spent about 15 minutes giving me a lecture about how bad it was to argue with your other half and everything else. And then the next week she came into work and she said, he'd left her. And I thought, well, you didn't communicate with him, did you? You didn't tell him how you were feeling, or he obviously didn't tell you. He didn't want to have an argument with you. It was really bad. I just think you, and arguing is normal, and it is a good way to communicate. You're frustrated. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't know if we're going to advocate <laughs> arguments, Mum. Well, maybe like yeah, okay. You you and Dad love a bit of an argument, so we'll maybe like we'll let you have that one. It's a form of communication. You know, we both love each other, so it's fine to argue. I know what you mean, and also like. You can argue in certain ways, which is healthy and beneficial. There's different types of arguing. Yeah. But I get what you mean. I think arguing can also be useful. Yeah. Don't. And while we're on the topic of arguing, I think it's also really important to forgive each other as well. Like, so if one of you's 
wrong about something you have to say sorry or actually if you feel like you've done something or they've done something and you just irritated you have to learn to forgive or you just can't move on from it then there's no point because then you just build up more resentment so that's a very important part too would you say that you have to forgive dad the most or dad has to (laughs) forgive you the most because i feel like you're quite stubborn (laughs) (laughs) i am quite stubborn they are. Now, Dad's going to listen to this and I've admitted it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness me, goodness yeah. me. Um, okay. So, you guys have obviously been married for quite a while, haven't you? How many years is that? Yeah, it comes 25 years this year. Wow, and you guys were really young when you met, weren't you? We were, we were, we were both at school. So, I was only 16 when I first started going out for us, and then we had a few little on-offs while we were discovering our real relationship. Can I ask a question? Because obviously I've been with Floyd since quite a young age. Do you regret being with dad since like a really young age? Because I feel like that's quite a thing for people that have started going out with people when they were younger, that they don't want to get to like 14, but like, oh, why was I with this person since I was 16? That's that's yeah. a personal question for me. Yeah, that's a really good question, Charlotte. Oh, thanks, Very Mom. interesting question. Um, and I know sometimes you get compared to dad and I by a few because they're like oh you know you've been late for so long and your mum knew your dad and I can imagine that'd be really irritating for you as well but I think the answer is um originally when I was younger it used to irritate me a little bit because everybody was like oh you've only been with Ross and they're like I did have other boyfriends apart from Ross um but as a serious long-term relationship yes um and I, I used to think oh people will think I'm naive or I'm inexperienced or all these things that pe- I just was assuming people were judging me on but as I've grown older I think I've realized that actually no I don't feel I don't regret it at all actually I really am actually delighted that it's just been him and I because we cemented our relationship so early on and we know each other inside out and back to front and we sort of grew up together I love I that the bond really is the bond is too strong now it's weird I don't know it just and I think the problem is that other people won't understand because they don't get it because they've not done it that's so true yeah that was a good answer mum we liked that very nice heartwarming answer (laughs) okay so time for the finale question our final question for you is what is the biggest life lesson that you have learned Uh, I think the biggest lesson I've learned is actually not to have too high expectations of myself. I always put so much pressure on myself. Or I want things to be perfect all the time where I think oh, we're going to have a barbecue and it's going to be like this and it's going to be so lovely and everyone's going to have so much fun and then it rains and then the barbecue doesn't happen and someone's late and someone doesn't eat meat and, it's a, and then I get myself wound up and think, oh, crikey, and it's a disaster when it's not. So I think don't have too high expectations of yourself um, and also um, do things on the day that you say you're going to do them don't put things off for the next day like don't think oh I wish I could do this and I'm going to do it tomorrow and oh yeah but just get on with life and do the things you want to do that day because it's too short and you don't actually know how much time you've got so I would just live for the moment a bit and do things when you decide you're going to do them don't put things off in fact Charlotte would say it's a little cheesy quote <laughs> <laughs> We're loving the cheesy quotes, Bum. I love that lesson. I feel like that's definitely something that I need to do as well. And also not setting such high expectations too, because it never turns out exactly how you plan it. So you just need to go with the flow. Go with the flow. Yeah. Grow with the flow. I like that. Oh, did you just make that up? Oh, 
No, I think I saw it somewhere. I think I plagiarized. But oh. we like it. Growing we like with it. the flow. Yeah, that's the new quote of the week. Um, but yes, mum, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We've loved having you as a thank guest you. and hearing all your wise wisdom from your from your years on earth. Very wisdomous. And you have been very natural. We are impressed. Usually we stop about 10 times recording. So very impressed by your ability to speak. We have oh. more things to learn from you. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you for having me. Been very kind. Do you want to do a little woohoo to leave? Oh yeah, better. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on to Mother Two. Welcome, Mother Mary. How are you? I am feeling just great being here with you, lovely girls. <laughs> <laughs> We're saying it's so nice that our first guests are our moms. And you can deal with our really bad interview skills and we can work on them. Yeah, we can. Because we were a bit worried to interview anybody that we didn't know because we thought we'd embarrass ourselves. But if we embarrass ourselves in front of you, then it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, mum, first question is from Charlotte. So, when you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? I think I probably wanted to be somebody like Mother Teresa. Oh, I I think so. I mean, I don't know why Mother Teresa, because I must have been fairly old, but somebody who was abroad, I think that was quite important, having adventures, but doing something really worthwhile. Maybe I was, like, aspiring towards sainthood or something, I don't know. Really? And did did you strive for that in your everyday life? No, no. (laughs) Of course not. (laughs) Because it wasn't really realistic. No, not at all realistic. But, no, to be honest, that's pretty much the only thing that I can think of really wanting to do which is a bit weird isn't it well to be honest mother Teresa's pretty cool mother Teresa's super cool she does have some issues i think i think there are some issues around uh, her life but (laughs) yes there are some issues but she did some cool stuff she did yeah and she was fearless and i think i really admired that i love that i thought you were gonna say gardening no (laughs) (laughs) that was a that's a new thing okay um what did you get in trouble for the most growing up well if you ask my sister absolutely not enough (laughs) um i was quite quiet and pretty much under the radar so my sister was not and she would tend to get into trouble more than me um and she would always maintain that things that i did were far worse than the things that she did but i didn't get into trouble i think i was really worried about getting told off you know yeah i was quite scared really a bit timorous um and i would avoid trouble as far as possible including lying if need be so you were a child mother Teresa. out of your four girls who got told off the most oh kathleen <laughs> <laughs> by far really yeah oh well do you know what i'm not sure she actually got told off the most did she? Deserved to be. Mm, possibly. And then who? Who was the goody two-shoes? I bet you it was you. Was it? Was it not? To be honest, n- none of them were... Fran. Fran. Fran, okay, Fran. Fran tried to misbehave and then was just so bad at it that she couldn't even lie. She was, got caught out Was everything. Fran the Mother Teresa in the four of you? She wouldn't aspire to that particular right. model. <laughs> no, I'm the one that had the holy corner. <laughs> I had two as a child, actually. <laughs> so alike. <laughs> oh, goodness me. Um, what was your favourite age 
and why? Like, what age of your life did you really enjoy? Do you know what? I think it's the age I'm at. Oh! And it always has been. Yeah. Wait, um, so as in, like, when you're 22, that was your favourite age. When you were 42, that's your favourite yeah, age. Yeah, I mean, I, there were definitely oh, times okay. in I thought my... you meant you've always aspired to be the age you're at oh, now. <laughs> no, somebody said, imagine being she no, old. 59. <laughs> What's no even point in being alive at 59? <laughs> But, you know, thriving. Yeah. I mean, I like this age. My children are grown up. I've got a lot of free time. Um, I'm not spending all my time around my children's needs, but I've got adult children that I can enjoy their company, and it's, it's a different dynamic. That's nice. Yeah. And I get off to do lots of cycling and walking. and. Yeah. I yeah. think you've got a nice balance now. Yeah. Pretty good life set up. I think so. That's a really positive way to look at it, the age that you are now. Mm-hmm. That's like mine. That. This is my favourite age. Is it? No. Okay, maybe it'll be my favourite age. <laughs> no. I think we should all implement this in our lives, to be honest. I think we should strive for it. We should. Um, okay, so moving on to friendships, Mum. We always say that friends should be like radiators, not drains. So you should be getting something from them, not be drained by them. Have you ever had friendships that have been draining and how have you dealt with them? I have always been really grateful for anybody who has extended the hand of friendship towards me. <laughs> oh, that's very self-deprecating. Does well, that make sense? I have, but I've always been lucky, you know. I mean, I would say apart from two girls in my first year at uni, who, um, that was not, not nice, not comfortable, and I was the third in a group. And that's felt hard, it. yeah. Um, but so I took myself off one night into the woods, um, and I must have talked to them about, there were these, I can't remember what they were called, the outwards or something um and all my life i've really liked the idea of just sleeping outside <laughs> just do it in the garden as a kid and think, yeah. uh, anyway so i went out to the woods at night and they had noticed i wasn't there is this near your flat I need some it was context. relatively near it's about a mile or so up the road okay. and they came looking for me with one of the mature students from down the corridor and they found me and then after that it was kind of okay we just went our separate ways and i think they kind of realized that did you say, I feel X, Y, Z? No, of course not. Did you say, you found me? I was trying <laughs> I to sleep. I was, I was. I was in my, and I was thinking, oh, this is really nice, you know. And then I heard, you know, the characters come and get me. So I was kind of touched that they made the effort to come and find me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of just finished things in a way that was final. We didn't really talk to each other much after that. Mm. Were you living together? One of them lived across the corridor. Okay, so you could physically yeah and they were on my course and then they weren't on my course the following year because they were doing joint honours and went down to mm. single but anyway mm. so yeah that was a bit odd but friendships are tricky though aren't they they can be yeah but you know I have always been really lucky with friends and you got really long friends long-term <laughs> friends standing long tall and lanky <laughs> and I think because they originated in the age before um, phones. Yeah. People are used to not being in contact with each other much. Yeah. You know, you might not phone somebody for a few years or you might just say, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to be in your neighbourhood and you haven't actually spoken to them for yeah. two years. But Long-standing communication yeah. almost. So do you have a lot of kind of long-distant friendships then? And if you do, then how do you find it best to kind of maintain those ones? Hope for the best. <laughs> These answers are so honest and I love them. I mean, you do call. To be fair, mum actually gets a lot of phone calls. I don't know how many you dial, but your friends are good at phoning. Yeah. And, you know, if somebody's in the neighbourhood, they'd 
cool and it'd be good to see them and likewise I would do that you know mm-hmm. if I'm anywhere nearby I used to love getting letters and I wrote letters mm. I mean someone in the attic there's box full of letters I love that I wish they were yeah. Yeah. that and you would um, you know you'd go for the post and you'd get yourself a nice cup of tea <laughs> <laughs> and you'd read I mean especially if it's from a boy you know and then you'd have that like Ooh. free sort of like oh, well, <laughs> but all letters are lovely yeah, yeah and I like that Charlie yeah. actually got me um, like seals so that because she's just moved to London so that we can write letters together so that's been my tip to start again Aww, so I can write her letters that's yeah. nice mm-hmm um, but I guess for you also, because mum's English and she's moved to Scotland, it's, it, you do have a lot of long distance I do, and uh, there are some that I will lose and it, they'll be diminished because of distance, um, which is that's what happens. You know, you, you're never mm-hmm. in the same place all the time or whatever. Mm-hmm. People get different jobs, so they all they go into different relationships and the dynamic changes. I think that's something that I've struggled to deal with because I don't like the thought of ever letting a relationship go because mm-hmm. I've moved. But that I know that it's a part of life, but I... Yeah, it's one of these things you need to just learn. It is what it is. Yeah. And I guess they're always still your friend in some way. Um, so moving on to relationships, what do you think is the most important quality in a partner? You can have one or maybe two if, you're, if you want them. Partners? <laughs> no, no, qualities, mum! <laughs> okay. Um, they would need to appreciate the importance of a good cup of tea in the morning. <laughs> Oh, I'd love that. Do you know what? I so agree with that one. Nobody likes builder's tea anymore, and I love it. And none of my friends drink it, and I really like it in the morning. I don't like it in the morning. There you go, prime example. (laughs) Um, I think really it has to be trust, integrity, moral compass. You know, that you you can sense that there's something there which you can rely on and count on, um, and that they're willing to put the work in. Relationships are not easy. Yeah. I mean, I would say communication, but I'm not very good. <laughs> communication. Mom communicates. other people are good. <laughs> mom communicates through noises, slamming cupboards, stuff like that. Well, if it makes you feel any better, my mom said that the best tip she had about um, relationships was to make sure you argue. That was her answer. <laughs> make sure you argue. Arguing is always good, so don't worry about that. So is that like the key of a good, long-lasting relationship to you then? Communication. Like what, um, what would you say is the, the what's the focal point that's not right what am I trying to say that somebody's going to make the effort because they think you're worthwhile well I like that I like that too yeah. you trust in their love for you enough that you can run a few risks because they won't just cast you aside because you're a pain in the neck <laughs> oh because you guys how many years is it you uh, said 31 31 wow. so Charlotte's parents are 25 so both long long relationships yeah. older than us I can't even fathom that length of time no that's crazy actually how old am I? 22 I yeah. forgot <laughs> we're so young we're so young and free <laughs> we're so young <laughs> okay so moving on to jobs what is the worst job you've ever had and what is the best? Um, I don't know that work has always been the main focus of my life I, I work because that's what people do because that's how you earn your money <laughs> Um, I've never hated any of my jobs. I have been out of my depth in my jobs sometimes at, in teaching with certain classes. Maths. <laughs> How what about you... to teach maths? <laughs> I hate maths. I did maths twice and I got a C the second time I did it. So Maths, it. yeah. Uh-huh. How do you deal with that though when you feel out of your depth? You just bide your time. Do you know what you do? Muddle through. 
You do well. Sometimes you do just have to muddle through, and then um, you just need to reflect on what you've done and think, well, what am I going to do differently next time? Because that was hell. <laughs> <laughs> but generally, I would say I have always enjoyed most aspects of my jobs. That's really rare. I feel. Yeah. I mean, I think that. On reflection, I think if I was to start my work career again, and, and you know, the longer you're around, the more interesting and unusual jobs you come across. Mm. And I'm a teacher. Mm. It's not, it's not unusual, is it? <laughs> That's true. Like you kind of only know the main jobs until you just fall across something mm-hmm. else, and you think, oh, maybe I would do that. Yeah, and there's so many interesting niche jobs, mm-hmm. um, and I think that knowing what it is that you're really interested in and that you like spending time on, and if you can make a job out of that, then great, go for it. Yeah, I think that's the other hard thing, is actually knowing what you're interested yeah. in. Yeah. That is hard, I've always struggled with that, yeah. actually. Maybe I'm just not interested in anything. <laughs> Honestly, that's what I've been thinking this, this recently. I'm like, I don't think I'm meant to work. I think that's probably. <laughs> I just think I'm not supposed to work. I don't think I'm ever meant to work. Um, and what's the biggest piece of advice you would give someone new in their career, like me or Tonzi? Um, when you're out of your depth, ask for help. Yeah. I just don't struggle, don't worry, don't get yourself all anxious and upset. Talk to somebody and keep talking to them. Don't think just because you were out of your depth last Wednesday, you can't be out of your depth again the following Friday. That is what I sometimes think. I'm like, okay, I've asked for questions this many times, so now I can't ask on yeah. this. And if you don't like the answer one person gave you, or you don't think it's good enough, ask somebody else. Yeah, because as soon as you let yourself get anxious, well, this is me, I just make mistakes. Yeah. Because I get stressed and then I can't think properly, and then I just make stupid mistakes. So definitely something that I feel like I'm going to need to write that. Write that somewhere. Write that somewhere, especially if we're working from home, like on my wall or something. Mm. You know, even ask somebody to be there with you. Could, would you mind being here with me whilst I do this thing which I think is difficult? Yeah, especially if you think you're going to have lots of small questions along mm-hmm. the way. Easier than bugging them for an extended period of time. And that has brought us to our final question, Mum. What is the biggest life lesson you have learned? Well, I actually don't know that I have got an answer to that. I think that along the way you learn lots of different life lessons. Um, and I think that sometimes the biggest changes in your life are forced on you. Mm. You know, circumstances change and you adapt. So I think being able to adapt and to take your chances where you can and to see the good things in wherever you happen to find yourself will help you survive. And enjoy it, hopefully. Enjoy your life. (laughs) (laughs) It's not just survival. Survive! (laughs) Survival of the fittest. (laughs) So adaptability and positivity. Yeah, I think they get you a long way. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, me too. Well, thank you very much for joining us on this podcast. Well, I've loved your thank answers. Thank you, lovely ladies. <laughs> no, honestly, I feel like that's been really good like, insight. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Wise words for us to us Wise. to take on board and yes. for our listeners as well. But it's funny because it's a lot of the same threads as what we say, mm-hmm. but from a slightly different perspective. So... We're just also wise. We're also wise and knowledgeable <laughs> and fabulous, might I add. Exactly. <laughs> Honestly. So thank you to our moms for coming on the show. Gosh, the show, the podcast, I don't even know what to call it at this point. Um, it was lovely to have them and I do feel like I actually gained a good piece of knowledge. But now we are going to go on to the things that we have been loving this week because we've not done it for like two weeks now actually. And I'm missing it a little bit. So, Antonia, would you like to tell us what you are loving, please? 
Yeah, so mine is a film that I have watched with my mom and my dad actually, and we all really, really enjoyed it. I actually genuinely loved it, and I know that your boyfriend Louis loved it too. In fact, I think he said he cried repeatedly. I just wasn't sure if I was actually. <laughs> yeah, he cried. Um, so it's called F- Captain Fantastic. It it was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is, um, but it's basically about a single dad who raises his six children in the wilderness. So they hunt for their food, they forage for their food, completely live off the land, pretty much. And it was so moving and just so uplifting and heartwarming, and we all loved it. So if you're looking for any film recommendations, then definitely check that out. Yeah, I would definitely vouch for that as well. That film actually made me super emotional. It's just quite an emotional film. It is, I mean? isn't it? It's so well done. Yeah. And there's a scene when they're all singing together and I was playing that for like a few weeks on YouTube, like on repeat, singing along. Were you? I was loving it. Were you crying? No, I was just like belting it out. Well, it's a very good movie, so yeah. definitely recommend that. Um, and mine this week is actually a restaurant um, near my house. It's called Osteria de Sapore, and it's in Collington Village in Edinburgh. Um, I love it, but actually my mum like loves it, so that's why I'm putting it in this week's episode, because I'm not joking, she has been like every weekend for like the past two months, <laughs> and it only opened last summer, it's crazy. Um, so it's an Italian restaurant, and they kind of do like loads of fresh... It's actually, they do quite a lot of, like, meat and pasta. They don't do any pizzas, which I think is, like, quite unusual for an Italian. But it's so, so well done. And they have the best burrata. And... We all know you love burrata. I love burrata. So I would definitely recommend that. Fabulous. So with that being said, that brings us to our cheesy quote of the week for Charlotte to round us off. So take it away. Never regret a day in your life. Good days give happiness, bad days give experience, worst days give lessons, and best days give memories. Absolutely, I love that sentiment. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you again for our moms coming on. And we hope you guys have enjoyed this episode, enjoyed some more mature advice, and hopefully you guys got something from it. So we look forward to seeing you next week, and thank you again for listening. Bye! Bye! Woohoo!